Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. So here's something that we've all said on multiple occasions. I would have never got here without you. Whether it's been when we've been looking for that elusive item on our shopping list in the supermarket and we've finally decided to ask one of the floor assistants and they've taken us right to the very thing that we're looking for. Or perhaps it's been when we've been trying to find a friend's house in the dark and they've come out to find us and direct us into their drive. We've all been there, haven't we? Struggling to find where we need to go and be and someone comes to our rescue and shows us the way. And we've been left thinking, I would have never got here without you. Now we're going to come back to this idea in just a minute because this entire series, The Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future, is built around a single premise and it's a premise and idea that a guy called Andy Stanley from a church in America called North Point Church came up with and a large proportion of what I'm actually going to be saying today comes from a talk that he did and the premise is this, direction not intention determines our destination. It's a great principle that we all seem to know and adhere to when it comes to physical, geographical things. And yet, it's something that we seem to forget when it comes to life destinations. We miss the connection that actually where we want to end up financially or academically, professionally or relationally isn't based on our intentions, but is determined by the direction that we're taking, the actions and behaviours we're choosing and taking right now. Our intention isn't enough. It's always our direction that determines our destination. Now today, what we're gonna focus on is that word. We're gonna focus on direction. And specifically, and I know that this is a big ask, and I know that this is a bit bold, and I hope you'll keep on listening and stay tuned in when I tell you what I want us to do today. But specifically, I want to invite those of you who aren't already to become followers of Jesus. I would like for you to surrender your entire life and everything about your life to Jesus and to decide to follow him, to surrender to his direction and trust him with your destination. Now, I realise that that is a bold ask because I don't know you and I don't know your circumstances. I don't know your church background or your lack of church background. I don't know your story or the hurt that it might contain. But I do know this that in the first century, Jesus invited people just like us to trust him and to follow him. And the reason I want to make this bold invitation today in the 21st century is because I have heard so many people say in a variety of different ways, you know what, apart from deciding to follow Jesus, I would not be where I am today. I would not have gotten here, wherever here is, and here is always a better place, if it weren't for Jesus. In fact, that's the very thing that I can and will say about this past year for me. I would never have got here without him. Now here at The Forge, we love stories, stories of how people have met Jesus and how he's changing their lives. And we've had the privilege of hearing some of those stories over the past few weeks from Russell, Jess, and today from Bridget. People who say, we didn't even know how to get where we wanted or needed to be. But with Jesus, they now have that direction. And I loved what Bridget said. She said it was through growing and listening to what Jesus had to say to her, rather than just praying all the time, that helped her to realise that she needed to change. As a person, her thoughts, her words, her actions had to change. In other words, her direction and not just her intention had to change. 
but that it was only with Jesus her life was made better by being obedient to him, surrendering to him, allowing him to work in her. And now she experiences this abundance of life, this this joy, and that's the promise. That's the promise that Jesus made 2,000 years ago. And it's the promise that he continues to make today. The life isn't just better with him, but it is complete with him. So I'm not shy about saying to you, I want you to consider surrendering your life to Jesus and following him with every component of your life. But I do understand that for some of you, this is a completely new concept. So to help you to make that decision, or at least to hopefully motivate you to at least consider it, I want to share with you a story from the life of Jesus. And it's a story that was written down by one of his followers, John. Now, to give you some of the context, Jesus has just done this amazing miracle. He's just fed 5,000 people from a few small loaves and fish. And the people are amazed, both his disciples, who will call the 12 because of the way that this story goes, but also the crowds, because he's just fed them out of almost nothing. Now, the people that he's fed, they want to make Jesus the king, because that's what kings did in the first century. You see, kings always provided food for their people. And whoever provided the most food got the most followers and became king. But Jesus, knowing what they want to do, he retreats, and by the next day, he's on the other side of Lake Galilee, because he doesn't want to be a king, not in the way that these people are planning to make him anyway. Now, the crowd, realising that Jesus is no longer there with them, they follow him because they want something from him. And that's where we pick the story up. Rabbi, they say, because they know that he's a good teacher, but they don't yet know that he's more than that. When did you get here? It's kind of like they've got something they want to ask him and they're making this idle chit chat before they're really going to go in for the kill and ask what they want. Now, Jesus, knowing the heart of everyone and perhaps with a wry smile and a sigh, he says, I tell you the truth, you're looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate loaves and had your fill. In other words, I know why you're here. Let's just get to it. You want to be fed again. You want some more bread. You weren't impressed or moved by the signs. What you want is food. Now, this is important to realise. You see, when Jesus was here on earth, he did not perform random miracles just to show off. In fact, none of his miracles were random. Each of Jesus' miracles was a sign. And what does a sign do? A sign points to something. Nobody loves the sign. Nobody spends their time standing by the sign. Signs point somewhere. And Jesus' miracles weren't the thing that he wanted people to rally around or get excited by or consumed with. Jesus' miracles were to get people to ask questions like, wow, what is going on? They were signs to get them to see and to realise that something big, something new, something spectacular was happening, that the kingdom of God was coming and had come to earth. This wasn't about food. This wasn't about immediate needs. This was about ultimate. But the crowd are still hungry and they don't get it. They're fixated on the here and now and what Jesus can do in this moment for them physically. So this dialogue happens between them and Jesus about how they can do the work that God requires of them. How can they win or earn more of the miraculous, more of the food that they'd seen yesterday on the mountainside? And Jesus' reply This is the only work God wants from you. Ready? This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. It's that simple. It's that profound. The only thing God wants from you, the starting point, the very first step, is to simply believe. And he's talking about himself. Believe in the one that he, God, has sent. 
In other words, Jesus says, okay, look, I know you were impressed by the sign, by the miracle, and I'm glad you're here, but here's the point of the sign. Here's what all this points to. Trust me, follow me, trust me, follow me. I, Jesus will say, I know how to get you there and I know where there is. And I know who you need to be, what you need to be and where you need to be. Would you trust me and would you follow me? Now the crowd, they're still hungry and this is not what they came for, this slightly obtuse reasoning. They want food. So they kind of change tack a bit and they kind of say, hey, you keep talking about signs. Well, what sign will you give us so that we can see it and then believe you? And then there's this slight pause. I know Jesus. You know this story, the story of our ancestors, Moses, and how they wander around in the wilderness all those years. And during those wandering years, you remember how God fed them? You remember that story, Jesus, how God gave them bread from heaven to eat? Hint, hint. And Jesus is so patient with them because he knows they're looking for something. But the thing that they're looking for is just a temporary relief. And Jesus is saying, don't look for the miraculous signs. Look for the thing that the sign is pointing to. He says the true bread of God, the bread that comes from God, is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus is trying to get them to see, look, when I talk about bread, I'm not talking about physical bread that comes and goes. I'm talking about me. I've come to offer you life. I've come to offer you something that will sustain you beyond filling your stomach with something. The bread was just a sign. It was pointing to something bigger and greater and newer. It's pointing to me. And so they have this whole conversation about bread. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus is saying, I'm what you need. I am the bread of life and I have come for you because I know how to get you to where you need to be. I will give you all you need in life. Don't just look for the sign, but look for the one it's pointing towards. Now, Jesus' teaching wasn't always easy to understand or even to accept. And this discussion about bread and about Jesus being the bread of life, it goes on and the crowds just don't get it. And John writes that on hearing this, many of the disciples, not the 12, but the crowd, the crowd say, this is too hard. Who can accept that? And John tells us from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And they won't follow him for the same reason that some of you left him. He will not give them what they want when they want it, because he had come for something much bigger than that. Now, I don't know your story, but maybe you've had an experience where you felt like saying, I'm just done with this. This isn't working out the way I envisaged it would do. And I understand that. I really understand that. Do you know who else understands that? Your heavenly father understands that. Jesus faced a crowd just like us saying, we want it our way now. And Jesus would say to them and he would say to us, I understand that, but I have come to give you something so much bigger. I've come to give you life that is truly life. They wanted something temporary and perishable, something that wouldn't last, something that would satisfy their stomachs for a few hours. But Jesus is offering something so much better, something that was less filling, but actually ultimately was more fulfilling. Now the crowd are turning away and Jesus' trusty 12, his closest disciples are standing with Jesus and they're watching as this crowd walks away. And Jesus looks at them and he turns to the 12 and he asks you, you don't want to leave too, do you? 
almost like he's saying, I know this is hard, but really, you want to give up everything you've heard and seen and just leave? And in this moment, this is the reason I hope that you're watching or listening. In this moment, Peter sees what everybody else missed. And Peter sees what perhaps you've missed. Peter sees what I hope you get to see today. Simon Peter, looking around and watching the crowds as they walk away, knowing the hardness of what Jesus has taught, he says, to whom will we go? To whom should we go? Where would we go? We don't know how to get there, wherever there is. We don't know the direction and we've never met anyone else that knows either. Where else would we go? Because you see, Peter understood that moving in a different direction doesn't actually guarantee a better destination. Instead, it's who you follow that determines the destination and in doing so, the direction to go in. To whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter is saying you have something no one else has. You've given us a bigger picture of the world. You've given us a different picture of God. You've reframed our little nothing lives within the context of eternity. And we've seen enough to know we have come to believe and we've come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus, before you there was just fishing in an ordinary life and you have invited us into something with purpose and meaning. To whom shall we go? And that's the question I want you to ask because if you refuse to follow Jesus, you're following something or someone. We all do it in our lives, Facebook, Instagram, friends, trends, we all follow people all the time. But the truth is that they may not have any better idea than you, you know, how to get to where you want to be. At the start of last summer, after several months of lockdown, I kind of hit rock bottom. You see, I'm someone who likes to be in control of things and I'm someone who likes a sense of order. And I pride myself on how I do life and how I take care of my kids. And lockdown, lockdown just seemed to trounce all over that. It brought out the worst in me. I saw a side of myself that I knew was already there, but a side which I normally managed to keep in check and a side that only really slips out under undue stress or pressure. And yet there I was homeschooling two young boys who really didn't want to be homeschooled. And I found myself at the end of everything that I had to offer. I'd go to bed praying that the next day would be different, that I would be different, that I wouldn't lose my temper so much, that I would be kinder and more gentle, that I'd have more patience. And there would be days when I would literally go to bed crying, physically crying and crying out to Jesus to come and to change who I was, to take over my parenting, my relationships and my behavior. And often after a few days after that, there, things would feel better, they'd feel brighter and I'd be calmer. But often what I'd find is that it would phase away quite quickly and it felt momentary because very quickly I'd be losing my temper again and I would be back where I was. Because other than desperate pleading prayers, nothing had really changed. I was still doing the same things, but expecting different results. And then I remembered something Jesus said. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I realized that yes, I was asking Jesus to change me and I had great intentions, but then I'd wake up the next morning and continue to walk in the same direction that I'd always been walking in. Nothing had changed. What shifted was realizing that coming to Jesus and asking him to change me wasn't a one-off desperate act. If I wanted to change, if I wanted things to change, then it started with coming to him, really coming to him and learning from him. 
When Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, he was saying, let me show you a different way to live. Let me show you how to do life with me at your side, guiding, leading, directing you. Follow me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. And so that's what I've been doing for the past seven months. Three times a week, I sit and I read and I learn and I listen and I talk to Jesus. I made a decision seven months ago to follow, to really follow, not an idea or an ideal or a religion, but a person. Why? Because I was fed up with where I was at, where I was headed, and I didn't like who I was becoming. Don't let it take for you to reach rock bottom before you decide you want something more, something better, that you want all that Jesus has to offer. Choosing to follow him and spend time with him, to learn from him, it's changed everything for me, everything, my parenting, my marriage, my outlook. And Jesus will make your life better, and he will make you better at life. Now don't get me wrong, following Jesus is not easy, but show me a life that is ever easy. Following Jesus is better because he knows where he's going and he knows how to get you there. And he has words of eternal life. Nobody else is offering you that. So if you haven't already, choose to follow Jesus today. In a moment, a song is gonna play. And whilst it plays, I want you to consider, are you willing to surrender to his direction and to trust him with your destination, in your marriage, with your money, with your time, with your relationships, with your academics, with every single part of your life? Would you be willing to surrender to say unconditionally, yes, because I believe and I trust you, not because it will always be okay, but because you, Jesus, will always be with me. Because I can tell you now with all of my heart, you will be glad that you did. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content, find a next step, give financially, or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the Forge. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.